Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. From the Financial Times, this is Hard Currency. Brazil is dominating the news agenda this week after its Senate voted to impeach President Dilma Rousseff. The Brazilian real is the strongest currency performer this year, rising nearly 15% as the market got carried along by the changing political winds in Brasilia. But Brazil is by no means the only market with a large slice of political risk attached to it this year. And while that is nothing new when it comes to emerging market currencies, political risk is having an effect on markets in developed economies with Brexit in the UK leading the market's big worries of 2016 and the rise of Donald Trump raising questions for the market to ponder. I'm Roger Blitz and welcome to Hard Currency, the FT's weekly podcast on the FX market. In the studio this week to discuss political risk and its effect on the market is Usman Mandeng from the Emerging Markets Investment Fund, New Sparta Asset Management. Usman, welcome. The The market has Look, lived with political risk for years, hasn't it? There's always some kind of an election around the corner. So is there anything really different this time? Thank you, Roger, for having me here. I think it is different. I think we are seeing accumulation of political risk, which to that extent we probably haven't witnessed for quite some time. And if you look at Europe, it is certainly a re-emerging, you know, a Greek problem. It is the immigration crisis. It is Brexit, of course. And then we have the elections in the US where the sort of debate is also pointing to some sort of regime shift. So I think political risk has become much more prominent. And I think it's the accumulation of events which makes it a much more important risk to ponder and to watch. And it's the timing as well, isn't it? Because we have a global economy which is looking very sorry for itself. We had a great deal of market instability at the start of the year. So my question to you is, is this backdrop creating a heightened sense of political risk for market participants? I think it does. And the fact is that market players, in particular in the advanced economies, who may not quite have been so used to following political risk as really some sort of primary concern, they may have to do the sort of adjustment that actually market participants in emerging markets have been doing for a long time. And it's because of that sort of adjustment, it's not quite clear how the market will actually deal in internalizing what political risk really means in the advanced economy. Because it has often been considered as something which is sort of secondary, but not something that eventually could be primary in driving market outcomes. So I think market participants are in you know, ahead of a steep learning curve when it comes to how to deal with what could be a regime shift in making political risk more permanently a more important issue. Now, this kind of regime shift we've seen before, haven't we? I mean, you go back to the 80s and 90s and the shift of authoritarian regimes in Latin America and Asia, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Now, this is a climate of political risk, political change that the markets have been through before. So what's the difference between then Mm -hmm. and now? First of all, I think then it was very much about emerging markets. We've we've seen this welcome political change in emerging markets. And then also, one should say, against the background of what was, you know, a pretty okay doing world economy. 
society. Right. Um, when there was the rising prospects, a positive outlook, when it was about China becoming increasingly an engine of global growth. So we have seen political change against the background of pretty robust global growth. Today we see political change against the backdrop of what is much weaker growth and where the outlook remains highly uncertain and where the risks are probably you know, very much tilted towards the downside. That, I think, is the difference with the past. Is the other difference the fact that we were the political change back then was towards globalization and that actually perhaps the emergence of the likes of Trump and the whole Brexit debate speaks to a different kind of public desire, which you, I think, call deglobalization. Absolutely. I think quite right. We have, while the sort of political changes that we have seen in the 80s, 90s, the fall of the Berlin Wall was all about integration, really, joining basically the Western world. Mm. Today, it is the Western world that seems to be signaling it is ready to split, uh, whatever that means. Brexit, for me, is a key exponent, I think, of that sort of risk. That We are now seeing a debate which is really where deglobalization has become mainstream. And that, I think, you know, is a major change. And while we have seen this positive trend towards further integration in the past, now I think the risk is not the political volatility that comes with the debate in the US or with Brexit. It is, are we taking new direction when it comes to the world economy? And I think the risk is that new direction could be deglobalization. If you're a, a currency investor or a currency trader in emerging markets, you must be so used to political risk, whether it's in Brazil, South Africa, Turkey, you name it. It's almost to the point whereby perhaps the political risk in emerging market currencies is overstated. Do you think that there's a case to be said, well, there's almost like a meeting halfway between political risk as it's played out in emerging market currencies and political risk as it's played out in developed market currencies? Now, look, I, I think I'd very much agree that generally political risk probably has been overstated in emerging markets had played too much and often had been too much of an excuse maybe not to invest more in emerging markets. From that point of view, I think we're now doing in advanced economies maybe catching up and to some extent maybe some sort of convergence where I think we can look back and Brazil is a good example itself where the robustness of current political regimes are being tested in emerging markets and so far so good. Mm. It is in the advanced economies now where we are heading towards possibly much greater political uncertainty. And so I would expect markets to sort of having to adjust a little bit more in advanced economies and maybe de-adjust in emerging markets. How do central banks play this? Because just to give an example of the impact of political risk in developed market currencies, you look at the Federal Reserve weighing up its rate path for the rest of the year and, wow, two massive political risk events on right in, it, in its road path. One is Brexit, the other is the US elections. Mm. I mean, we like to think central banks are independent, but... They can't ignore these facts, can they? I think central bank independence may become or may take a new sort of quality um, because, yes, you want an independent central bank because precisely you want a central banker that can look through the political cycle and yes. not be too disturbed by sort of the political shocks that the political cycle or other events may have. But this time, it's a bit different. It is in part because central banks in the advanced economies probably, you know, I would argue, have lost a lot of their independence. It may make them more vulnerable, actually, right. to political change because they are so in bad with basically what have become sort of the fiscal problems of the advanced economies that it may be harder for them to take a line which is truly political independent. Yes. And 
that I think is a little bit the dilemma. So we are facing political uncertainty in the advanced economies where one of the key institutions we always thought it was necessary for them to be independent, those have become less independent. You, you talk about institutions. You used to work at the International Monetary Fund. And I just want to get an idea to which extent a lot of these elements coalesce and overlap. We talk about markets, we talk about politics, we talk about economics. They're really all the same thing, aren't they? But I'm interested in the extent to which inside institutions like the IMF, this kind of complex overlapping natures are really understood. Or are they seen in the kind of silos that perhaps market participants might feel that they are? Right. It's a tricky one because mm. the IMF, of course, is also a political institution. Yes. And yet it should be mostly neutral when it comes to its economic policy assessment mm. um, and not be too influenced or disturbed, say, by politics. That has become much more complicated with the Eurozone crisis. Yes. But nonetheless, look, I think to the extent that political risk is becoming more prominent, the IMF like any other institution, needs to internalize what it means for the formulation of economic policy and risks thereof. And I think it probably means some sort of adjustment in how to think about economic policy, and in particular the robustness of economic policy, when political risk becomes more prominent. So the IMF will need to focus much more on political risk. There's no doubt about it. And it may change its sort of model, how it assesses economic policy, which is its main remit. As much as FX traders need to focus more on political risk, what does it tell us about FX? What does all this discussion tell us about how FX operates and how mm. closely aligned it is to what other people in FX doing or what the fundamentals tell us? What do you think about the broad way in which FX operates? Well, I think FX obviously is all of the above, right? It's a relative price. It's a price of relative political risk, of relative domestic prices. And you know, on the one hand, we know, sadly, that FX is a poor gauge for economic fundamentals, or if so, is acting with enormous lags. On the other hand, it should very well be the outcome of all that uncertainty and all the above, basically, you mentioned earlier. So I think FX could become something much more exciting, actually, where political risk will be more prominent and where probably FX market need to internalize you know, that sort of risk and what it means for price adjustment or therefore exchange rate adjustments. So I think maybe going forward, FX markets will become a much more exciting place where maybe political analysts you know, play a larger role than they used to in the past, where it was more driven by technicals and, and you know, to some extent maybe financial factors. Exciting, but perhaps less risky. I mean, I think one of the features of this year is the desire to avoid risk at all costs after what happened in January. And maybe it's the arrival of the realisation of political risk that is helping condition FX players to take a more cautious outlook. I think they will take a more cautious outlook. But on the other hand, it may also lead to much greater volatility in foreign exchange markets to the extent not only because if political risk is something a little bit of a newcomer, at least in the advanced economies, first of all, I think that could be leading to, towards greater volatility, at least in the short term. But then generally, I think we are just looking at a much more uncertain environment. And that clearly should also be more consistent with greater FX volatility than with less. You know? So I would expect FX markets to be much more volatile going forward um, than they have been in the past. More volatile, more political risk. Usman, thank you very much indeed. My thanks to Usman Mandeng of New Sparta Asset Management. We'll be back next week with Hard Currency.
In the meantime, do keep up to date with all the Forex news and analysis on ft.com forward slash markets. From Hard Currency, it's goodbye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our FT News podcasts, which focus on one of the main issues of the day and bring you the insights and expertise of our global network of journalists, as well as outside contributors. You can download these at ft.com slash podcasts most days of the week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.